Thank you for listening to Overcomers Church International Weekly Message. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as you hear the Word of God. So I'm going to be so, so, so transparent. Probably the most that I'm sure that the Lord has ever asked me to be in front of a group of people. But what I believe is going to happen is that as I show you what the Lord has been doing in me to find freedom in Him, it's going to lead people into freedom. I didn't start here with your kids because to tell you the truth, they're walking around pretty free. (laughs) Can you imagine it? I've spent the last month with them and there is like radical things going on in them. Your kids don't actually have to know God before they experience the supernatural. Wrap your head around that one. We're trying to unlearn things that we thought about God to experience the supernatural. And your kids, we just tell them, well, God said, and they're like, well, God said, and off I go, and they do it. God said you're healed in Jesus' name. Come on over here, kid. God said you're healed in Jesus' name. You know what they do? They turn around. They're like, God said you're healed in Jesus' name. That's what they do. Talking about the visions. Lori was talking about that with visions coming on the kids. That is super powerful stuff. So our kids are actually like running. And actually, as I'm even saying that to you, I'm thinking of my own daughter who is 18. And I'm not going to say very much about my kids because they're teenagers and they don't like it. So just like a tiny little bit. But here's what I do know about Kayla. As I have said, she has always been running. I have always been trying to keep up. And actually, that's a great picture. Because if we could just wrap our heads around the fact that our kids are running without limitation, so let's keep up. Now, while they're running, do we want to put all kinds of truth into them? Absolutely, we do. While they're running, (laughs) Pastor Kent mentioned last week talking about our position and our condition. And he mentioned about how our position doesn't need Um, conditioning. We are who we are in Christ. We are joint heirs. But then he said, sometimes our condition needs reposition. So just like the father will reposition us, we do that with our kids. Yeah. And it's good. And we should. Yeah. I mean, I do that with them. I will just tell you, I have one little fella. We were worshiping last week and he was like, standing still. And I said, what are you doing? You're a kid. You can't stand still. And he's like, I like to dance at home. And I said, well, the Lord wants you to dance in here. You know, so I just began to dance around him until a smile came on his face. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a kid. I'm supposed to dance. Yes. And we just see freedom just break loose, break loose, break loose. And that is totally what the Lord wants to do. So um, I have been on this journey with the Lord, um, well, for years, but my story looks so incredibly different than my brother's story, who is pastor here, if anybody doesn't know that. Um, so my story looks incredibly different. Kent, actually, as a matter of fact, I was going through drawings um, because I have drawings from some of your kids. And I was going through drawings, and I found one of Kent when he was seven. And he doesn't know I'm going to share this, but it's beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful, so it's good. There was a church. He was drawing a church people in it, somebody leading, actually, and he was seven, and they had hands in the air. That's what he was drawing. Then I found a picture of me drawing at eight, and I was swimming. (laughs) 
And I was like, all right. I mean, literally, I was going into the vision book, and I'm like, Lord, just tell me something. Tell me. I was just prophesying over myself at eight years old about swimming. I didn't really come up with anything. So I think I was just having like a kid moment. But, but Kent has seen himself how God has seen him for many, many years. And actually, because of that, he has pulled many members of our family and other people into that revelation of how God sees us. Yes, and I am so, so thankful for him. I dream about him. I dream about my brother. And you know that every time I dream about my brother, he's helping me? (sighs) Every time. I'm like, God, I had a good brother. And I have two other really great brothers also. I don't want to leave any of them out. My brothers are gifted. They are talented. They hear from the Lord. They love him. It's all good, beautiful stuff. So I just get the privilege of working like right alongside Kent all the time. So I began this journey. We moved back from Australia. I want to start kind of there about four years ago. And actually, when we came back, I'm going to stick to just um, me because my family and where we are at It's so deep and personal, and it's a journey continuing. But the Lord said to me to release this, and he confirmed it when Liz messaged me something last night because she didn't even know what I was going to talk about. And I said, well, hallelujah, Lord, I'll do it. So I'm going to give you just a picture of me, of returning from Australia four years ago. Totally broken. Totally broken. I felt like I had just been just set apart from God. And we had good things that went on while we were there. There were Bible studies that went on. We did a vacation Bible school while we were there. We did a Bible study in our home while we were there. Um, We met with a lot of just really great people, but there was just a brokenness from the body of Christ, from the depth that God wanted me to experience that I wasn't experiencing, and I had separated myself from him in a lot of ways, and I knew better. So when I came back, I came back broken, and I came back hurting. But I am so thankful that I heard from the Lord, and he said, go to the place that I call there. And so he, he brought us here. He said, this is where I want you guys to move to. So we came, and I had to, uh, you know, really step out and trust the Lord, because for the first time in 19-ish years of marriage at that point, we didn't have jobs, and we went, and, and that's radical for us. I mean, we had like actually moved and moved and moved because of jobs for a lot of years. And so I just said to the Lord, I said, we're, we're going to just, we're going because you've said to go there, that there is a place of healing, that there is going to be the place of restoration, that there is going to be our people. Do you guys know that there is something anointed about finding your people? There are people, we are collectively a church body. Christians in Christ, but there are people and places that the Lord wants you to be and connect up with in the spirit to cause a unity to happen corporately for everybody, but unbelievably too for you personally. Yes. So I was seeking that. I'm like, father. So I had to just begin to cry out to the Lord. I just cried out to the Lord. And I really got to this revelation of like, if we are not in victory, in an area, then we should be in cry out. Do not settle for an in-between. Do not settle. If we know what John 10.10 says, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that so you can have life and life abundantly. If you are not living in an abundant life that Jesus has died and paid for, do not stay in the middle. 
Yes? So it's a choice that we have to make now to say, Father, there's more. I know there's more. I'm spending time in your word. I'm not going to hang out here in the middle anymore. So I was there. I'm like, the enemy has been stealing and taking some things. He's been messing around with my identity. I felt like I was way too grown up in the Lord to actually have to say that out loud. Really? Right? Are we ever really? Should we, should we not be able to be open all the time before the Lord and say, something's amiss, show me. I don't care if you're 90. If something is amiss, ask the Father to show you. So I began to cry out and say to the Lord, I have got to know you. I have got to know you. Because, Father, I know when I know you, I'm going to find freedom. And actually, our mission statement here at the church, the vision statement is building strong people, building strong churches. The mission statement, like of how we do that, is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. I wanted to just run over here to make a difference. Anybody done that? You're like, I'm I'm running. I am going to make a difference. And the Lord's like, what are you making a difference in? what are you doing? I'm like, well, I don't know, but I love you. I love you, Father. I just know that I just want to do something big with my life. My parents said to me from the time I was a little kid, the Lord has a plan over your life. Something big, something big. But I, you know, Lori's talking about walking in our wisdom, our own wisdom. I was like, I just, I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to wait for anybody to send me Oh, that'll hit you. Get it. I'm not going to wait for anybody to send me. I'm just going to go. I love the Lord. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It doesn't matter if he said that's the place called there or not. I'm going to go because I love the Lord and off I go. So I did a lot of going (laughs) and without being sent. (laughs) So I come back into this place and let me just tell you that hanging out here in this body For about a year and a half, a couple of radical things were said to me. One from Pastor Bobby, and you know, he is a lover of people. He loves people. He loves people. So I just want you, if you've heard him, to try to imagine him saying this to me. We're actually at McDonald's, he and Kent and I. I said, Pastor Bobby, what do I do? And he said, be quiet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've had to go to that so many times. You want to know why? Because I was hurting. You want to know what we do when we're hurting? We hurt people. Unintentionally. Because we do love the Lord. I mean, I was not, I would not intentionally hurt anybody. But my hurt just rolled out of my mouth. My anger and not understanding God and what was going on. Really, I was just before God going, what is happening? What is happening? I mean, really, right? It happens, right? So I was like, God, what is happening? And I was, I, there were like props placed up in my life. So I won't get going on this message, but the Lord was calling me to go to a place of dependence on him. And there were props in my life. And I'm telling you, I'd take a step. And he'd go, who I think it's here. It's over here. 
and out would come Matt's stool. I'd be like, I got it. I know where it is. I found it. It's over here. I'm going to go get on this one, and it's all going to be good. I can find security right there. If this thing happens, I will be secure. I will be okay. My house will be okay. My marriage will be okay. My kids will be okay. We will hear from the Lord, and we will walk in destiny and purpose. So I'm going to go stand on this and get up on it. And the Lord go, And then I found a note that I wrote in December of 2017 that I said to the Lord, remove the props. Remove the props. Take everything away that keeps me from being fully dependent on you. What was I saying? Oh my gosh. I remember Ron actually speaking over us one time and I don't even know It had to have been somehow in this season even because he was talking about our yeses. And we don't know what we're saying when we say yes. And I was like, absolutely, I did not. But what I did know is I wanted to know God. I wanted to know what he said about me. I wanted to know because I was captive. I was feeling captive. I was feeling stuck. And I'm like, if I don't figure out what he says about me, if I don't get to know him, I'm not going to find freedom, and I'm not going to go to a place where I discover purpose, and I'm not going to make a difference. I will toil in vain. He does not want us to toil in vain. He is a good and loving father. Yes? So he wants us deeply connected in intimate relationship with him, knowing him, so that we can find freedom. Hallelujah. So here's what I want to say a little bit corporately. Um, in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, this is going to be something you guys are familiar with. While I was here in this body, the Lord began to really do this revelation in Kent about um, the fivefold ministry and about how he had been despising prophecy. You guys have already heard him saying this. I'm not telling you anything new about how he had been despising prophecy and how we hadn't really been recognizing apostles at all. And so we come to this place here. All right, I'm going to read it. We're going to go to Ephesians 4. You guys tell me when it's up there if it goes. And it's there. All right, so here we go. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. So let's read it again. We're going to go back. And he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And can we go back to it for just a second, Elijah? So I understood this. I I got this, like I've read this, I've heard this, like growing up. And so I thought, if my identity wasn't right here, then I'm not, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing in Christ. Okay? I didn't know. I felt absolutely displaced. And I personally was actually in an identity crisis. And what I came to find out was that actually there's a whole lot of people in the church body in an identity crisis because unless they believe that they are right here, that they're an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, the worship leader, the children's church minister, the missionary that was sent out, 
they're not really sure what they're supposed to be doing. This is true for, for us, okay? This is not true for our children over here because they are learning something new. So actually, then let's go to the next verse. It says those people actually are for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So actually what we're seeing a picture here of is identity for probably 93% of us. For the work of the ministry, the building up and equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. That's powerful stuff actually if you get a hold of it because then you start asking, what's the ministry? What's the ministry? If I am not the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, in that fivefold, which makes up truly probably three or four percent of the people within inside the church, it's actually a small percentage, then what am I? So I begin to ask the Lord that question. So also in that place, my kids, I have some brainiac children some brainiac children. My husband went to school to be an engineer. And he's just just intelligent. I just love him. He's just intelligent. You know, let me just say this too. So he's just intelligent. I went to nursing school later on. And he was like he was like my teacher through like beginning years. I got into nursing school, I could not write a paper. That's ridiculous. I graduated high school and I couldn't write a paper. But it was true. So my good and kind and loving husband said, it's all right, babe, going to school together. He was already done, so he's just helping me, which was so precious that he actually was doing that. Okay, so I began to hear this message. This is what I want to actually talk about. So I began to hear this. I, I knew that because of where my husband was and my kids, and I saw things like coming up and then, and I'm like, Father, are they an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher? I'm like, okay, well, I think there's more. I think we're missing it. So I began to hear about somebody named Lance Wallnow. Has anybody heard of Lance Wallnow? Yes. You guys have maybe heard me talk about the seven mountains a little bit. Yes. If you have, raise your hand. I actually want to know who has and who hasn't. So here's what I want to say is I actually, in my cry out before the Lord, I began to seek the Lord saying something is missing and I don't understand how to go lead my children into destiny and purpose. I don't know how to do that. I feel like I've been raising them in church and I've been talking to them about the love of God. I've been talking about who they are in Christ, which we just got to keep doing and keep doing because we have to keep doing ourselves. So I was doing those things, but I'm like, I feel like I don't know how to go send them into destiny and purpose. I don't know how to do that. So I began to listen to Lance, and here is what was coming forth. Something called a seven mountain mandate, or you could look at it like a vehicle. So he was actually identifying, and years ago back in the 70s, there were actually people through YWAM and Youth for Christ identifying this also. And when I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like my family. This is my family. And if this is my family, this is a whole lot of other families and a whole lot of other people. This is not just me. So I began to listen and he was talking about these seven mountains that were set up, that there's an education mountain, 
that there's an arts and entertainment and media and government. I don't want to miss any of them, so I'm going to say them all off. There's the church, there's business and finance. And the, what he was saying was that the work of the saints, the saints doing the work of the ministry, actually means going into these places to minister and bring the kingdom of God down. That's actually what he was talking about. And I'm like, oh, so here we go. So my kids don't have to just stay inside of the church, Father, to be in ministry. I don't just have to stay inside the church to be in ministry. Something was clicking in me. Something was clicking really, really big in me. So as I begin to stay in that place with the Lord and talk about like these mountains and what it looked like to go into there, um, the Lord began to do dreams and visions. Radical things started happening over my life. Yeah, totally radical things. Um, and I am so thankful. I thank God so much for it. And he actually started restoring my identity. And as I began to say yes, Lori actually mentioned that this morning too, but as I began to say yes and do that work, and while I was in this place, I want to read really quick on Psalms 37, 3 through 5. The Lord's calling me and asking me in this season of him teaching me and renewing my mind on who I am and his and what he's saying about our kids coming forth. He's asking me to be fully dependent on him and to trust him in this process. So Psalms 37 Three through five, y'all just holler at me when it's up there. It's up there. Okay, so trust in the Lord. This was like a rhema word for me during this season that the Lord said to me. Trust in the Lord. Literally, to trust means to have confidence in, behold, and secure. Do good. So I said, okay, Father, I'm going to do good. That means to be pleasant, excellent, valuable, happy, so I said, okay, Father, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to do good. I'm going to dwell in the land. So this is the place that he has called me to, the place called there. And then I'm going to feed on his faithfulness. That was actually all I knew to do right in that season, was just let the word come in, soak, be under anointed teaching, and begin to just keep my face before the Lord and say, I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. I don't know what is going on. And in that place, the Lord just began to birth, birth, birth things out of me. Like if I went back to begin to tell you guys about what was released on this church, actually, it would be just radical. Some of you were here and experienced that, and you experienced like prophecy coming forward now. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And it is things that lead people into purpose and into destiny. And I have that stuff happening over my life. So here's where we want to go. I want to fast forward now. So in this place, I actually said to the Lord, I had been meditating on Romans 8:28, And Lori actually quoted that too. For all things, for we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So I had been spending time getting to know God. And I wanted to do things in his purpose. But I was still dealing with some captivity. I was still dealing with some dependence where God said, I want you to be fully dependent on me. In that place, strength will arise in you, Katie. In that place, I will set you to where I want you to be. 
So I go out to the minister's conference. I think Kent maybe started to tell you guys a little bit about this. I heard a message. Lori did not know that I was going to share this today, and this is how we just end up working in unity. I actually <laughs> heard a message about the mistakes we make in ministry and the grace of God to cover them. And I thought, what am I hearing? I knew about the grace of God to cover sins in my life, but I didn't know actually about the grace of God to cover the mistakes that I had made in ministry and cause all things to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And the Lord was like connecting it for me. He was connecting it. Like when I was hearing this, I was like, oh my gosh, I have disqualified myself. I spent years disqualifying myself. I spent years really unbeknownst to me and the Lord was highlighting it in comparison. You know what happens when we compare ourselves to each other? We limit God. We limit God. We are not the same people. We are not. We are sons and daughters in him. That's the same. He came and paid the same price that, so that we can be free in him. That's the same. But I had uniqueness to me. And I had things that the Lord wanted to come out. But I had to stop that comparison to be able to do it. I had to stop disqualifying myself to actually be able to move into it. So we get to the end of this minister speaking. And it got radical. He actually called out in this auditorium, Katie, there's like 1,500 people in the room. And so the, the Lord has told me to share this with you. He said, Katie. And I was like, mm-mm. Surely not. Surely there is other Katie's in the house. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. And so he's like way on the other side, Katie. Katie, Katie and Katie's family, Katie. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he moves. Dale and Marianne Craig, they're like right by me and Kent's there. And Dale and Marianne, he starts to move. He comes over to our direction and he's like, Katie. And Dale and Marianne are like, what are you waiting on? And I was like, here I go, here I go. I'm going down there. I'm like, hallelujah, Father, I am standing in front of all of these people. Hallelujah. Ministers ministers, people like rooted, grounded in the word. And I'm out there called by name. I said, thank you, Father. Look what you're going to do. Look what you're going to do. He had been ministering. We are the same age, this minister and I. Actually, he was just like a year or two older than me. And so he said, what God has been doing in my generation, he had restored his family and actually caused him to just rise up in purpose despite the mistakes that he had made. This is what was already resonating with me. When he was ministering, I was like, I've been disqualifying myself, Father. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I'm learning who I am in you. I'm sitting and I'm soaking in your presence and you're restoring me, but I've still been disqualifying myself. So in, the, in that message, and now here I am and I'm down in front of him. And so he begins to say, what the Lord has done in my generation, he's gonna do in you, in yours. And I'm like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Next thing he says, I see iron bars, iron bars, iron bars. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in jail. <laughs> I mean, really, this is what I'm thinking at that point. I was like, 
Thank you, Lord. I'm going to take it. I'm going to receive it. You are calling out what is happening in my condition right now. Not my position. (laughs) But what's happening in my condition right now. The Lord was still revealing in me captivity that was in me that he wanted to see me be set free from. Then he went on to say, I'm doing, listen, I almost have this thing memorized. Ask me how many times I've listened to it. It's I can't even count anymore because I've had to go back over the months. I said, Father, you called me by name. I'm going to sit and I'm going to soak and I'm going to listen in that. So he said, I'm doing a work in your bloodline. Hallelujah. I've been seeking God about my bloodline. I'm like, I will will seek that and I will receive that, what the Lord has for me right here. I'm actually going to like quote some of this for you because it's super powerful stuff. He says, it was by divine purpose that I was there. I could have taken a different path. I had a choice. That's what he just said to me. I had a choice. He said, you could have taken a different path, but I went to that minister's conference saying, Father, I have got to have purpose in my life so that I can make a difference. Not mine, yours. And so here we are, and he's saying, it is by divine purpose that you're here. You could have taken a different path. path." And then he says, it's a miracle you're alive. And I'm like, well, I believe that to be true. We went through a season Before we came back, actually, we went through a season of some things in Australia. And then when we landed and I said I was in a broken place, I knew then the Lord had saved me. Like literally. Like I literally believed that. From just circumstances and things that were going on, the Lord administered that to me already. He was talking to me about his goodness. And in him talking to me about his goodness, he was saying that to me. And so he then here the minister says it to me. It's a miracle you're alive. I'm like, awesome, praise God, I'm alive. He says, you didn't have all the facts. Oh, this, here we go. Then he, then he begins to tell me, let me tell you, tell you this. He didn't know I had been in Australia. And he says, geographically, four or five years ago, a change took place because of pressure and because of stress. We have made a decision to come back because of pressure and because of stress. That, that's the depth of what was going on. And we said, Father, we're just coming home. We didn't have all the facts. It was like Peter walking on water. And then here is where it's so deep. He says, the Lord says, my child, I've been with you those five years. I have never forgotten you. Forget the days of old. A new season begins, a season of purpose and a season of prosperity I'm doing a work in your bloodline, and this is done for you. So powerful. There's still more, but I'm just going to stop right here, and I want to say this part to you. He said a season of purpose and prosperity when the Lord was calling me to be fully dependent on him. Do you want to know what's at the root of me not being fully dependent on him? Prosperity. Ouch. I just wanted to have it, just wanted to like have it all, right? I just felt like, and I don't even really, I don't mean that in like a just greedy, I felt like we had done a lot of just years of hearts before the Lord and giving and giving into people and giving into ministry and, and really out of love for the Lord and love for people, but it was like security, 
that I just thought I needed to keep seeking. It was like security. I couldn't be fully dependent on the Lord because I was like, I'm going to make it happen. Remember, I told you we came back without jobs. I was in a place that I said, I'm going to make it happen. (sighs) I even put on the pants for a little while. Yeah, the Lord had to come get me on that one. Yeah, because you know what? We wanted something new. And what I was trying to do was I was trying to create something new out of an old wineskin. That's exactly what I was trying to do. I was like, but we've always done this. So let's try this. Let's do this. Yes? Even for a little while, but Mark's, Mark's just like, he's chill. If any of you guys have met my husband, he is just chill. Okay? Not me. I'm like, watch me put the pants on. I'm going to get it done. And the Lord's like, oh, good job. That's all you're getting right there. What'd you muster up? What did you muster up? Dependence on him. He said, I'm going to pull out all the props, Katie. I'm asking you to be dependent on me. And now, at the minister's conference, I have been identified as being in prison. (laughs) I said, all right, I'm going to get set free, though. We're going to get, because this is where the hope is in it, right? I'm like, I'm going to get set free in this. There is hope that's coming in because he said this is done for me. Okay, then here we go. Here we are to your children. Here we are to your children. He says, I'm doing a work in your belly. He walks up to me like that. I'm doing a work in your belly. I'm like, my belly. And he says, a godly generation will proceed. And I went, oh, am I going to have a baby? Because <laughs> we did things to prevent that years ago. And I was like, that would be supernatural. <laughs> and I, listen, I love kids. I love kids. I was like, hallelujah, I'm going to get pregnant. That's what's happening. I did. I'm standing in front of him. Literally, these thoughts are going through my mind. And then I was like, I don't know, I'm kind of old. Like, those kind of things, like, start happening in me. But I was like, whatever you want, whatever you want. But he said, the Lord is doing a work in my belly, and a godly generation will proceed. And then, and then it wasn't about me. Then the next line comes. I see a a strong children's ministry on your life. And so here is what I want to say to you really quick about this. Ephesians 3.20 says, (laughs) Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. You know what I have been asking the Lord for? For things in my life, in my marriage, in my home. And he wanted to do those things. But he said, I have more. I have more than what you could think or imagine. And in that place is going to be a place called purpose. And I thought, what is going on here? Now, let me tell you, the night before this happened, Kent and Sarah and I were up, and we were actually talking about the seven mountains. We were talking about kids And we were talking about this thing that we just wanted to change among our children that they would understand from the time that they were born that they were called to go out 
into the nations and take over and occupy those places for the glory and the kingdom of God. This is what was birthing out of our hearts. Like this is the discussion that's going on. So I knew as soon as he said a strong children's ministry, nobody has ever spoken that over me, ever. I knew as soon as he said it, I thought, okay, okay. It's because you have something you're doing. You have something you're doing in me. That's the work in my belly. You have something that you're doing in me that you want to birth out that is going to affect generations coming. And I said, Father, I'll submit to it, whatever this looks like. So the process begins. The process begins. We come home, dreams and visions begin to happen. But radically, but I'll tell you what, some of them were still super personal towards me. Super personal. I had to stand on that word that the Lord had given me. The word, the Lord has given some of you words. Some of you guys have had things prophesied over you. Go back and visit those places. They are true for you. They are true for how he sees you. And stand in those places and talk to God about them. He has things to reveal to you about those places. So one of the dreams that came forward, actually, um, I had a dream, and it was about in December, and I was running through a lot of mess. And a couple women came to help me in the dream. And I go and I tell my friend Alicia, actually, about that dream. And she says to me, well, I had a dream that a couple women came and cracked you out of jail on your birthday. And listen, so I knew something was happening. And I said, Father, as I'm experiencing freedom and my house is experiencing freedom and I'm becoming free in you, you're calling me to purpose. I'm just going to hang in this place with you. I'm just going to hang in this place with you. And I didn't know what was going on. And I will tell you guys, by the time my 40th birthday hit in April, I was having some rock bottom moments. That was this year. That's transparency right there. (laughs) That was this year that I was having some moments with the Lord and I was saying, please, please, please keep working in me. Please, I'm dependent on you. I need you. I want only what you want for my life. That's all I want. I want to be free. I want to be so free and I want to lead other people into freedom. And I want to lead kids into the kingdom of God. It isn't even just about leading kids into freedom because remember, a lot of them are very free. They really truly are. But I said, God, I just want what you want here. So we made these plans and prepared for the seven mountains to come forward, actually. If you guys seen like the halls and things that were getting redecorated, I look at that now and I actually think we were nesting. We were nesting. Women do that, right? When they're pregnant and they're going to give birth to something, they spend this time in nesting. And we were nesting and didn't really even know it. There was a big team of people just helping to do things. And I was like, thank you, God, for what's going on. We made plans that the Seven Mountains message with your kids would begin to be taught in July. And I said, Father, like, July is hard because we have vacation Bible school in July. So I began to have an argument with the Lord about his timing. (laughs) And I was like, July is hard. I mean, we already got things going on. And he said, well, I just, I said July. I said, July is what it's going to be. And I said, okay, fine. 
So here we are, all the plans are set in motion, and I'm sitting in my office in June, and the Lord says to me, just count, count. I said, count what? (gasps) It's good to ask the Lord questions. I said, count what? And he said, count back from October. From October to July was nine months. We can't do that. We can't do that. The Lord does that stuff. And he said, I said it was time for that to be birthed. And I will tell you guys something, guys. When God births things, then he will carry that. We just get to be a part. We just get to be a part. Yes? I had tried in my life to prematurely birth things. I had gone places without being sent. I had tried to create whatever wealth or prosperity was going to happen in my home. I had tried to do those things. And I hit a place where I found freedom in God and the miraculousness of the unity of things that he makes unfold in our life and the revelation of him saying, so you found my purpose in this. Purpose, being in God's purpose, will lead you into prosperity. God's purpose, being in God's purpose, will lead you into prosperity. Think about that. Think about that. In your place called there and in purpose before the Lord is where prosperity will be. That is a beautiful, beautiful place to be. So here's what I want to tell you guys really quick, what we did with your kids last month. Thank you, Father God. Hang with me. Give me like 10 minutes, and I'm going to run through it. But it's so good that I will just tell you actually the next four things that I'm going to say to you. I talk to the kids for like 45 minutes every Sunday. So just give me 10 minutes, and we're just going to run right through it really quick. Um, Okay, so in week one, we actually talked to them in Psalms 139 and 14. We talked to them about the fact that they are uniquely created by God, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is where we're at with them, that you guys are unique and you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. That means God was in awe of you. He's in awe of you. To be wonderfully made means distinct, separated, distinguished, set apart. That's what it actually means to be wonderfully made. So they're fearfully and wonderfully made. So we just spent time in that place talking to them about their uniqueness. In week two, we talked to them about Jesus was promised the nations for his inheritance. I feel like I didn't really know this. And here is where this picture is really beginning to come in because we know that we are joint heirs. So in Psalms 2.8, can we pull up Psalms 2.8? All right, so Psalms 2.8. So this is actually God saying to Jesus. God is actually saying to Jesus, ask me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and to the ends of the earth for your possession. So God is saying to Jesus, ask me for the nations for your inheritance. And so we began to talk to the kids about being joint heirs in Christ 
and if Jesus was asking God for the nations and we're joint heirs in him, then what does this look like? What does this look like for us? We are called to go to the nations and collect the inheritance. We are called to do that. So we spent time in that place with kids and breaking it down and just talking about what inheritance even means. So we bring Jesus to the, to the nations. And Matthew 28, some of your kids blew my mind and they still are. I asked them to memorize the Great Commission. So five verses in particular. So we're going to go there in Matthew 28. It actually starts in verse 16. And what we're doing with the kids is we're just laying groundwork. We're just laying groundwork that is telling them You guys are called. You're all called to be ministers. You are all unique before the Lord. He has specific plans and purpose for your life. And we want to teach you how to hear from him about where he's going to have you go. So in Matthew 28, 16, and then the 11 disciples. So Jesus has, he has risen from the dead. That's what's happened here. And so he's going to talk to the 11 disciples before he ascends back to heaven. And the 11 disciples went into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. I actually just love that right there. (laughs) Right? That's fun. So he's actually saying to the 11 disciples, go to that mountain right over there. That's where I'm going to have you be. So they go to that mountain which Jesus had appointed for them in 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth in both places. So Jesus is laying it out. Now we know already as adults what happened there. That, that transfer of authority in the garden, there was a transfer that happened. God's original plan of people being in authority here on earth in relationship with God was broken when sin happened on the earth. And actually, the enemy shows us that. You know, when Jesus went out into the wilderness, it says that actually Satan took him on a mountain. And in that place, he was showing him everything. And he was like, you can have all of this. How's he saying that if he doesn't have something to give away? And Jesus knew what was going to happen. So here we are, and it's happened. He died. He rose again. So all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Here we go. Go. He didn't say, go get all the people and bring them in the church. He didn't say that. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all of the nations. All of the nations. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Those verses right there for your kids to get a hold of, actually for all of us to get a hold of, to realize that there are appointed places, appointed places, and the knowledge that all authority on heaven and on earth has been transferred and given over to us 
to now go for there and make disciples. And here's what we also taught the kids right there in the last verse. Jesus said he is with you all of the time through this. He does not leave us in this. He is with us all of the time. It's simple stuff, you guys. I know it sounds like really simple stuff, but for your kids, the Lord has called us to lay this foundation with them that actually is placing identity on them, that they are uniquely created by God and that they have purpose to go into the nations and disciple them and bring freedom and bring what's happening in heaven onto earth. We talked about that. Your kids identify it. You can ask them what's happening in heaven and what's happening on earth. And you know they can tell me so many things. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I've asked kids that question, and they come back with answers. They come back, and they begin to talk about the influence that they have. And so actually, that's our next place. So in week three... We, called, we said that they are all called to be mountain climbers and have influence at the top of the mountains. So I want to go to Proverbs 29.2. 29.2 actually, Proverbs 29.2 actually talks about what's happening at the top of those places. So we're painting a picture for the kids about they're unique, they're called to go, and here's what's happening when you go in to the top of those places. So Proverbs 29, 2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. That's pretty simple. So we rejoiced and we groaned. <laughs> so we could get a good picture of what this actually looks like. This is pretty simple. But yet it's so key because what we're actually telling them is that when you have the kingdom of God, on the inside of you, you know who you are in Christ, and you go out and you climb up onto the top of those places that God has appointed you to, you're righteous in him, the people rejoice. The people rejoice because you bring solutions to those places. The world is full of problems, but God is calling us to bring solution to those places right? So we're beginning to change our language. And instead of just saying, there's a problem, there's a problem, there's a problem. We're going to start saying, I'm the solution. I'm the solution. I'm the solution. That is what the Lord is asking for us to do. And oh my gosh, for our kids to understand and hear from the Lord about where he's asking them to go, beautiful freedom in that. You know what happens when you discover uniqueness of who you are in Christ? You stop hiding. A healthy family, let's just talk about the family mountain for a second. A healthy family is not hidden. The Lord has just been putting that in me, just in me, in me, in me, and saying, Katie, whatever it is, whatever it is, you are surrounded by a loving church body, people that are going to build you up, that are going to speak godly things into your life, and a healthy family is not hidden. The more I begin to understand my uniqueness, 
the less hiding goes on. And with our kids, that's what we're going to show them. So then we go into week four. And this week actually talks a lot about the gospel of the kingdom includes more than salvation. Righteousness, peace, and joy are in those things. And the kids are totally getting it. We're talking about their gifts and their abilities being totally different. And I love it. I love what the Lord is like birthing in them. They're seeing that while they are children of God, that they are children of God, that there are unique and specific things about them, that they don't have to be in comparison to each other, that they can be who God has called them to be. And there is months coming. This was just like a, like a layer of some foundation for them to even tell them there was a commission on their life. That was just like scratching the surface. But I missed that. I missed, I missed that. I'm just gonna go back to that place of just saying, unless I could identify myself as a person that was in ministry in a church mountain, just the church mountain, there were seven, there's like education, arts, media, business, finance, government, family. Unless I could put myself here in this church mountain, I wasn't called to be a minister. I could just go do my job. Whatever that job was, I could just go do my job and I'll just leave it to those other people. I'll invite people to church. I'll ask my pastor to pray for them. I'll go find somebody who can lead them into deliverance. I'll go find somebody who can speak some purpose into their life. They're a mess. It's not my job. Right? Right? But here in the body, let me just say this to you. Let me just say this piece to you. That here in the body, and this is also what your kids are learning, which is so, 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 so deep. That we are called to be in a body. That if we're in that percentile where maybe we're not pastoring a church, or we're not worship leading, or God hasn't appointed us as a prophet, or at least in that season, maybe we just don't know yet. Because I'll tell you, there are people in this body right now that are seeking the Lord about more, about more that he has for their life. And he wants to actually deliver more, and more and more and more. such a good place to be in. Mm. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. I am excited to go into this place with your kids that I just said this just scratched the surface, and here's what we're going to begin to talk about. Marianne's talking to him today about the Word of God. And all month, we're going to hang on falling in love with the Word of God. We're going to talk to them about their identity in Christ. We're going to talk about God's nature. We're going to talk about their authority as a believer. How God sees them. Their spiritual makeup. That they have a spirit, soul, and a body. These are all key, 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 key things. But since we have set them into a place and said, you guys are called to go, 
what are you going to go with? What are you going to go with? And that's where the Lord is birthing things that's going on, is what they're going to go with. I am so thankful to have been a part of such healthy, good, and godly teaching in a body where the Lord is just like exploding in me of who he is, what he says about me, what I can do through him. And he's calling all of us to go deeper and deeper and deeper into that place with him. Thank you for listening to the weekly message. To find out more about Overcomers Church International and to hear more messages like this one, please visit our website at ociperryville.com.